Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. All right, welcome to That's How I Roll. Hey, I'm your host, Jeremiah Isley, as I always am. I haven't ever been anybody else, I guess. And this is episode 43. So let's just jump right into this episode today because I've got a lot going on today and I wanted to make sure that we got this week's episode in and boy, do I have a lot to pack into this one. So here's today's roadmap. We're going to stop by and see what's good in the neighborhood. I'm going to do a drive-by review of Yokohama, one of the latest hotness from Tasty Menstrual Games. We're going to stop by the corner of thought and conversation, and I'm going to ask you some legit questions, and we're also going to jump on the feedback loop. That's right, it's back. You guys have been writing in, and I really appreciate it. So, buckle up, strap in, put your helmet on, because we're jumping into this thing. Let's go. So what's good in the neighborhood? Well, (laughs) it's the only thing that's been good in at least happening in the neighborhood. And that is I am actually making progress on the swimming pool. (laughs) So I finally changed out all 300 and some pounds of sand out of that sand filter, which was a tedious and laborious task for sure. And I finally got a water sample done and we are seeing the water color start to lighten and uh, become more bluish green instead of murky darkness. So that is super, super encouraging. I'm so, so excited about that. So there's been lots of chemicals and water tests and all kinds of stuff thrown in there. And that is awesome. I will be a pool person this year. I will be a pool person. I'm just going to keep saying that until it becomes true. Also, I recently had a time to sit down and play a few games with my buddy AJ. If you want to know a little more about who AJ is and what's going on with Theology of Games, you can tune into the recently released episode 17 of the Theology of Games podcast, where AJ was my guest co-host and we talked about all of that stuff. But we did before we play before we recorded that, we got to sit down and play some Yokohama and some Shaharazad. I also got to play a little bit of sequence over the weekend during Memorial Day. Hope everybody had a great Memorial Day and that you at least took a few moments to remember those who gave so, so much in the line of service and the line of duty. And um, I know a lot of times that is the, <laughs> the hey, it's a long weekend kind of thing, but there is something more behind that. So grateful for some time with family during that time. And we also got a little bit of gaming in as well. And also recently played some Ascension and... Uh, Tigris and Euphrates via the iOS. So uh, AJ and another friend of ours, we long distance board gamed and that was a lot of fun. (laughs) It had been a long time since I had played Tigris and Euphrates and had to kind of give myself a quick brush up on the rules and everybody thought I was going to lose really, really bad. 
and I ended up winning. What, what? So that was pretty awesome. Uh, that was a lot of fun, too. We just really, really fun way to spend a little bit of time in the afternoon yesterday. So great, great times there. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. Okay, so today's drive-by review, here it is, Yokohama from Tasty Menstrual Games. Designed by Hisashi Hayashi, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that correctly. This is a game for two to four players. It says on the box it takes about 90 minutes, and I found that to be true. Uh, just about, actually, just almost right on. And of course it says ages 14 and up, and you'll understand that that's probably, eh, maybe not 14 and up, but it's definitely not a, a kid's kind of game or something that uh, you can get into with, with family super, super easy. So Yokohama is a worker placement game kind of rethought to an extent. The game is set up, you're, you're going to have, there's tons and tons of boards, everything's modular, which adds to the replay value because everything kind of comes out di differently in random places, and there are cards that go on each location on all these modular boards that are also dealt out randomly, so you'll see it, when you open the box, holy cow, there's a ton of stuff going on in this game. So I, I could try to list all the components, but just know that there's a bazillion resource tokens, import tokens, different boards for locations, and then there's management boards for a couple of those locations, like the church or the port or the dock. There's uh, technologies, there's, there's a ton of stuff. There's cards, there's boards, there's all sorts of fun stuff in this thing. So just know setup can be a little bit ominous, but once you get through it the first time, it really starts to make sense. And, you know, obviously after you do something the first time, you're gonna you're gonna catch on. But it really just something you just kind of dive into and and grab on with both hands, and and you'll be you'll be all right with it. So when you're set up, you're gonna have all these different location boards out with different, and each one gives you a, a resource or lets you do a certain thing or lets you gain a technology card or lets you gain an order that you can fulfill with your resources. All of these things are roundabout ways of scoring points. There's many, many ways to score points. There's a church board where you can put one of your assistants, which is like your workers, into the church management board and you score points that way, which is also drives you towards the end of the game. There's a lot going on in this game, but the turn order is pretty basic. You can, you have assistants and you have one manager and you also have shops and trading houses. Uh, on your turn, you can place three assistants on three different locations or two assistants on one location. Then you move your manager to one of those locations. Now, if your manager's already on the board, he can't move through boards, um, through different locations where you have no assistant. So you cannot just jump over to a different place. So the location of how these, these boards come out does make a difference because uh, as you're traveling, you have to get from A to B to C very specifically. So there's uh, there's a lot with that going on. Once you d decide on the location that your manager is going to go, you add him plus any assistant you have there 
And on the bottom of the board, it tells you what your reward is depending on how much power you have there. So you have, uh, if you just have the two with the assistant and the manager, then you're going to get less of a reward than if you have up to five, which is going to give you more of a reward. And at that fifth one, there's a little token on there that's going to give you a reward that could be an import or some other kind of bonus where you get to add an assistant to your hand. There's also the ability on the fourth and fifth powers of every board to either build a shop, which is going to give you a reward, or a trading house, which will give you a better reward, but there's only one spot for that. Also, if you have a shop or a trading house on that location, when you go back there later, that adds to your power as well. So you get power for your shops, for your trading houses, for your assistants, and for your manager. So it kind of builds up. It's very, it's really not an engine building game, even though what I just described sounds like it's engine building. <laughs> so once you fill up the church board or the customs management board, or any player has built all eight of their shops or all four of their trading houses, there's a list of things that trigger in-game. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on that can trigger in-game in this one. The game is over. You, you, uh, you play another complete round, so you finish that round, and then you complete another full round of turns, and then you score up, and whoever scores the most wins the game. So what did I think of Yokohama? <laughs> you might guess, you might guess that my first initial thought is this game is overwhelming. There's just a lot going on, and I'm... There are some games that are super involved and a little tricky like that where I see it and I'm like, oh, oh, boom, 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 boom. This is what I have to do to win. And a lot of times for me, that's engine building games. If I can create this engine and just keep it rolling and, and soup it up here and there, I, I know how this game is going to work. I know how I'm going to win this game, which is awesome. The trick with this one is, is there's no engine building, but there's just a lot of moving pieces, a lot of stuff going on. So there's a lot to keep track of. It kind of lends itself a little bit to analysis paralysis, but once you get about halfway through the game, I, I noticed myself halfway through going, okay, I know what I want to do my next turn. And I was just kind of waiting for my turn to come back around. So I could really plan that out. It's nice in that you aren't going to get totally screwed over by your opponent. Like, oh, they went there and they got that. Like, there's a little bit of that. Like, if they build a shop on the spot that you wanted to to get that reward, there, there's a little bit of that. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, there's not a ton of take that involved in the game. It's just really about outmanaging the board in the area uh, to make make it work for you and for what you're trying to do. The game is is gorgeous. The components are great. The artwork is amazing. Tasty Minstrel always just has top-notch stuff that they put out. So uh, no concerns there. Everything looks looks and feels and plays amazingly. Uh, this I, I would recommend this game for gamers. If you like worker placement and you want something that's a little bit of a twist on worker placement, but still really feels worker placement-like, 
definitely, definitely go for Yokohama. Not a kid game, not even really like a casual or a family game. It is super thinky. It's definitely a heavy gamer's game. You agree, don't you? <laughs> definitely a gamer's game, but definitely a lot of fun. Uh, and it's funny because I just last night texted with Scott Firestone, my buddy who also writes Theology of Games with me. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, man, there is a lot going on. It's really fun, but there's a lot going on. So that kind of seems to be a consensus. If you if you like games that are a little heavier, this game is all for you. So I, I really enjoyed it. The theme is fun. It's historic. It's you know, it, it ties into a region in Japan, which I thought was really, really cool. And uh, I, I recommend this one. Go check it out. Yokohama. I'm sure if you're into board games and you haven't heard about this game yet, I don't know where you've been because it's been all over the place. It's been really, really hot. And for good reason. It's a fun game. So check it out. Yokohama from Tasty Menstrual Games. Welcome to the corner of thought and conversation. Which way will you turn? Why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. Okay, we're going to swing by and take a look. So I actually, this, I'm going to give just a teaser to today's feedback loop, but it has influenced this comment or this segment of the show. And I really appreciate uh, Ben shouting out to me. He said that, you know, three questions might just be a little too much. So I kind of reworked this a bit. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask two legit questions during the Corner of Thought and Conversation segment. And we're going to do one question because this is the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. So I thought I would do two questions, one about games, one about life. So that's how this is going to look for a little while. Please write in, hit me up at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at me at theologyofgames. And uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook at the Theology of Games page on Facebook as well. So the first question is, you know, goes right along with what we just talked about, heavy worker placement games. What is your go-to heavy worker placement game? So the kids are in bed, your gamer friends are over, they're not here to play some lightweight, casual party game, you know, whatever that might be. They're here to play a heavy game and you want to go worker placement. What is that game? For me, that is Viticulture. Viticulture is so... Uh, I, it's been a while since I've played it because I don't often get to pull games out that are that heavy. But man, it is so elegantly designed. The four seasons that you work through, the different... or it, Just the way everything flows in that game. That's one of those games that's really thinky and really heavy. But I just... I see it. I see it. I, it makes sense to me. And it's just a pleasure to play. So... Viticulture is definitely that game for me. And the question about life. Uh, what is what is something that you have that you had to work 
really, really hard for to reap the benefits of it. And I bring this up because if you've listened over the last handful of episodes, I have been working so hard on the swimming pool. Now, I I always, oh, hey, I got to go work on the pool. I always sound like it's such a this labor, this, and I, I, we, we're not super wealthy people. L- let me just put that out there. We lucked into a property that had been foreclosed on and had sat empty for four years and got a killer steal on it and we jumped on it. We've worked our butts off for the last year to make the house livable, to have a bathroom, to have a kitchen with appliances that aren't on the porch. (laughs) We've worked really, really, really hard. And once spring hit and the weather warmed up, I started working really, really hard on the pool so that we could enjoy that as well. So I'm looking forward to that, but it's been a lot of hard work and I can look back in my life and think, man, there's things that I've had to work super, super hard for, but they've always been worth it. It's always been worth that hard work. Very rarely do you work really, really hard for something and you're disappointed in the outcome. So I just share that story with me. Is there something that you've you've worked really, really hard for and you're about to accomplish or you've accomplished in the past. And what did that do for you in your life? How did that affect you? How did that that lesson, that time, that trial work for you moving forward? I just find those things so interesting and so fascinating. So share those stories with me and you can sound off and you'll be featured in the feedback loop, which is coming up now. Time for the feedback loop. Get in on the conversation by tweeting the show at Theology of Games or emailing theologyofgames at gmail.com. So it's back. Yeah, the feedback loop. This is by far one of my favorite segments of the show, but it's by far the most rarest segment of the show because uh, so many times the week goes by and folks just, they, I, I get it, you're busy. You don't have a lot of time to write in, but I so appreciate the folks who do write in and do respond, and it's awesome. So Ben wrote, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but he wrote me a a nice email, and he said, I like the new direction the podcast is taking, but three legit questions might be a bit much to unpack and discuss each week, although I like the idea. Maybe one a week would be more likely to spur deeper conversations question mark and so I kind of took that but I I just pared it down to those two questions and by all means if you want to just write in about one of the questions or talk about one of the questions go for that I I, there's no requirement here obviously (laughs) but uh yeah let's talk about games and let's talk about life so I threw out some legit questions this week hope that we can get some conversation going because that's what makes this fun. That's what makes gaming fun. That's what makes life fun is when we we have conversations together, we talk about things. Sometimes it's fun like things like games and sometimes it's deeper things, but that's that's what this podcast has been all about or at least I'm trying to make it all about. Okay, and then he proceeded to answer the three questions that I asked last week. So he said, here's my crack at them. One, for a filler game, you should check out Divinair. You should check out Divinair, which 
I don't know much about, but he said it's a card counting game with an area control aspect. It's older and completely under the radar, obviously, because like I just said, I never heard of it. But it's the first game I always break out with my family, whom I'll be seeing this Memorial Day weekend. So check out Divinair. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up myself and maybe try to get my hands on a copy. Two, I am going to Origins. I asked if everybody was going to Origins, and we'll be taking part in the Unpub event and pitching at Publishers Speed Dating. We should totally meet up at some point. Yeah, Ben, we're gonna meet up and hang out. And um, I actually have something for you, Ben. Just a little something to hand off to you. So um, let's meet up during Origins. And I know, I think Ben went to the the speed dating thing last year and it worked out for him. He he actually uh, had some success with that. So awesome, awesome. I can't wait to see your latest stuff. And three, he said, I've got no answer for the meaning of everything. I don't think anybody really does. This is a underlined legit question. Uh, And then he said, just keep up the great podcasting, which was super nice. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Ben. And at Split Second Games, which is a little gaming publisher that has done a couple of really nice games, sounded off on Twitter and said, number one, Wordsy and Fuji Flush for fillers that he's jamming on. And will he be going to Origins? Yes. And yes, let's meet up, which we will definitely do that. I can't wait to see the new stuff that you've got there. We're going to sit down and demo that. And three, make the world a better place than you found it, which is great. I think that's a really good, good sentiment and a good, uh, just a philosophy. Just, man, keep make things better i love the the saying when you're camping that you should take nothing but pictures and leave nothing but footprints because that is um that's just the way that you should treat the great outdoors in my opinion so thanks so much to those who wrote in if you want to sound off on today's legit questions which are what is your go-to heavy work replacement game and what is something you worked really, really, really hard for to reap the benefit of? And tell me that story. Tell me what happened, why that was great, or why it maybe wasn't. And we'll chat about it in next week's episode. But for now, I'm going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. This is That's How I Roll, episode number 43. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Theology of Games. You can email me at Theology of games at gmail.com and you can always find all kinds of great gaming news reviews interviews and sometimes more (laughs) at theologyofgames.com check out our other podcast the theology of games podcast and we'll see you next week i'm jeremiah isley and that's how i roll Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.